0: Welcome back to the short staff podcast. This is season two, episode two, the discipline of prayer. And Pastor Tony says, wow, every time we have another episode (laughs) has little faith in us, but uh, praise the Lord. We're back here again and now talking about the next spiritual discipline for the Christian life and that being prayer. And we have our brother uh, Dudley Reese here on. Uh, If you uh, watch the first season Uh, You will recall he was here with myself, he was a guest, and now you're no longer a guest once you're on your second time, uh, make yourself at home. Uh, He was on with myself and Pastor Zad as we discussed covenants and the covenantal nature of the church, and uh, so it's a joy to have uh, our brother on uh, as he has just uh, preached a sermon on the spiritual discipline of prayer. And so I want to first turn it over to you, uh, brother, if you'll just kind of give us a little bit of rationale uh, and, and walk us through some of the main high points in your sermon where you went to because as we were talking before the podcast the the topic of prayer is so pervasive in Scripture you can go anywhere and see an example of someone praying and lifting up a request before the Lord uh, uh, all the way to Jesus spelling out for us this is how you pray and so give us a little bit of rationale and, and where you went to and that's now
1: available and that that's sermon's up, now up, available, available if our, you want to
0: uh, go to Broadway Baptist Church, uh, uh, dot org or uh, app. So,
2: Okay, well, I, I, the topic is a gigantic topic, there's no mm. question about it. And when you're looking at the Bible, which is where we wanted to start, of course, based on our two previous episodes and based on the fact that we uh, use it as our sole basis for faith and practice, uh, you begin in the book of Genesis, really, mm. and that's uh, where we started as far as looking at some of the scriptures that talk about prayer. And then we, the more we d- dug into it, as we saw in the sermon, the Bible's a book of prayers, really. Mm-hmm. And one guy had said there were 650 prayers in the Bible, and I think that's a, probably on the sm- small side of the estimate. And so we wanted to define prayer. Mm-hmm. What is it? And we defined it briefly uh, as being communion with God. Yeah. And then we uh, went ahead and looked at uh, prayer throughout the Bible, some of the different kinds of prayers. There's private prayers. There's public prayers. And uh, then we came up to the champion of prayer, You know, the mm. the prayer warrior, the guy who came to show us as men and women how we should live lives that are pleasing to God, how we should live lives in communion with God. And, of course, that's our Lord
0: Jesus Christ. That's right. Yeah. Amen. Uh, you couldn't have gone to a better Uh, text uh, to end your sermon, uh, Jesus's uh, model prayer, which we'll get to uh, uh, later, uh, but I do want to hit on a couple things you you talked about. Distinction between public prayer and private prayer, both commended and exemplified in scripture. Um, One of my favorite examples of private prayer is Daniel, uh, Daniel praying and and him him getting busted uh, after the decree went out that you are not to pray, um, and and uh, Daniel refused uh, because it's one of those situations whenever uh, the state's law goes against God's law, you default to God's law every time. And uh, Even
1: though it would have been very easy to have, you know, he always prayed with the window open. Right. It would have been very easy to justify, well, I can pray, but I don't have to. So changing, you know, mm-hmm. it, But he did his practice, right. And that would have been
0: an expression of fear of man. That would have been an expression of um, being ashamed. But his communion with God, and I love how you defined it as that, because you can get so narrow in your definition where you leave things out that need to belong in the definition. Prayer really is communion with God. Uh, And he valued his communion with God over his own life. And he dealt with the consequences which the Lord w- was sovereignly orchestrating uh, to bring about what would lead to a relationship between him and the king and eventually the king releasing the Jews back right. to their, right. their, the promised land. Now, um, we've had a couple, uh, I think a couple times in our series through Hebrews, where Pastor Tony, you've mentioned uh, the relationship between uh, the believer and and our prayers here on on earth the earthly perspective of our prayer you know what we're experiencing and seeing in the moment and then what's taking place in the heavenlies will you will you comment on that God's perspective of our prayers
1: well you know that's the wonderful thing about uh, studying the book of Hebrews is that it, it helps to unfold um, the book of Leviticus it, it, it helps unfold at the exodus the, the tabernacle it helps us to get a much clearer understanding and without question one of the things that the author of Hebrews is emphasizing is that this was a copy of of a reality that was in heaven mm-hmm. and so I, I find it very interesting that the the golden altar which was in front of the veil uh which um was maintained uh always by the priest that the that the coal the live coal that would be brought there Came from the altar out in the courtyard, mm. and so the, the picture is very clear. You you don't go to the the altar of uh, incense, which represents prayer, until first of all you've stopped by the altar where the sacrifice for sin is made. Mm-hmm. Which um, you know, a lot of times we hear debate about you know, does God hear the prayers of unbelievers? Well, our access to God is through Christ. And so those that are apart from Christ uh, do not have that that avenue. And, right. and until we deal with our sin at the altar, or the sacrifice, then we can't go on to the next step, which is the communion with God and, and the prayer life. Uh, but there was something fascinating about as the high priest then would take that live coal from off from the altar and bring it in, and then the incense infused with it, and the smoke would fill the place, and he would take it and put it in a golden censer mm. and then pass through the veil into the Holy of Holies. And, um, and so the writer, um, John, in the Revelation, talking about heavenly realities that he saw, mm-hmm. on two different occasions he mentions this. He mentions it in Revelation chapter 5, he said in, uh, in verse 8, and when he had taken the book, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each one having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Mm-hmm. And then he again repeats this in uh, in chapter number 8 when he's talking about the, the, uh, the trumpet judgments, and he says uh, in chapter 8, verse 1, then the lamb... Broke this seal, there was silence in heaven for about a half an hour, and uh, I saw the seven angels who stand before God. With seven trumpets were given to them. Another angel came and stood at the altar, holding a golden censer. Very, mm-hmm. the golden censer, and now had many censers that were used in the tabernacle, but the golden one was only used on the day of atonement. Mm-hmm. Only used to go into, because you know, in the in the holy of holies, everything was gold. There was no lesser material used. Everything was golden. And so the golden censer. And so evidently John, seeing in the heavenly, said, Behold, another angel came and stood at the altar holding a golden censer, and much incense was given to him that he might add it to the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar which was before the throne. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating mm-hmm. that, that in, the, in the tabernacle, in the wilderness... That before the veil, there was a golden altar, that, that incense, that there was, you know, when you think about the priest ministry, it was a multi-sensational experience. It it had a different look, a different smell. I mean, everything was unique. And it's interesting, you know, in, in Exodus, all of the recipes, they were not to duplicate those. Right. You're not to take this formula uh, for this incense and go take it home with you and use it at home. There was to be a unique smell Mm -hmm. associated with the worship of God. And um, so when you think about that incense and how it represents the prayers of God's people, in in some way, the prayers of the saints is a sweet aroma in the nostrils of God. Amen. (laughs) Amen. I mean that's that's so fascinating to me to think about but but we want to bypass the the altar for sin mm-hmm. right, <laughs> but yeah. but you can't run past that you right. got that's and you know there's some debate as to what uh, Nadab and Abihu offered strange fire did they take the fire from the wrong place sure. it, it had to come from that altar mm-hmm. the brazen altar out in the courtyard where the sin offerings were made and it was brought into the holy place, mm-hmm. and then on that one day,
0: carried into the holy of holies. Mm. So, Amen. so on one level, does God hear the prayer of the Jew, the Muslim, the um, the atheist, the agnostic? On one level, yes, God knows everything; He's omniscient. Right. But as uh, but giving as far regard as to giving regard right. to yeah. responding to positively yeah. to take enjoyment in yeah. uh, as a pleasing aroma, right. that is only for those who have first. Visited at the, it's right it's the sacrifice, yeah, and that which is Christ. I think that has to be
1: clarified. Yeah. People says, you know, well, well, you mean he doesn't hear, he hears everything. Well, sure, mm-hmm, he does, but he, he doesn't he give does. regard to mm-hmm. it. The same way we say, well, what do you mean, depart from me, I never knew you. Mm. Does that mean God had no knowledge of right. them? That's not what, no. no, no, no. But he did not know them in that it, relational, kind of relational covenant way. way yes, right? And so that's an important thing because people will go off and they'll say, well, all creation is God's children. They're all image bearers, but only those who have come through right. Christ mm-hmm. are his children. Right, and, uh, and so those are distinguishments that our world and universalism yep. is just forgetting right. about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah, Well, they're coming
1: standing in their own righteousness, right.
2: which mm-hmm. is right.
0: an affront to yeah. God. Yeah. Yes, so it is. They're coming
2: yeah. to offend, not to please. Right. right. Absolutely.
0: Right. Yeah, God has uh, all right to be worshipped and the right to determine how he how is worshiping. to be right. worshipped. And our world is very much fond of thinking of God as creator, uh, but not as judge. They forget the second epic of the Bible, that we're born in sin, uh, that we live in a day post-fall, right. and we're born as rebels, uh, trying to go to God our own way, uh, and we need our sin to be atoned for, lest we do meet God in our sin, right. and all, the only response to that is judgment. Um, But praise God, he provided a sacrifice, the Lord Jesus, who dealt with all of the judgment on our behalf, uh, so that now to be in Christ is to be in the Son and to be a son of God. And God loves to hear from his children. It's a sweet aroma. Praise the Lord. And that's that's encouragement to us. If uh, you've grown cold in your prayer life, uh, that is where I would recommend you we begin. Are, and,
1: the, we are, but we need to determine and, and distinguish we are sons of God, but we are not God. Correct. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, you know, just, I saw just this past week, Stephen Furtick made an unbelievable statement about when God said, I am, he basically was saying to Moses that, that you're me, you're, you're God. And so, you know, we got to be careful. Well, uh, I don't know how you even get there. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: just bad logic. It's <laughs> really bad. But, it's got some but bad this whole the
1: whole concept <laughs> that 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 we become
0: God or that, you oh, know, right. that this yeah, is yeah. prominent. Yeah, no, you can't lose that creator creature distinction. That's exactly right. Yeah, right.
2: and that diminishes God. Oh, if we become absolutely. God, I like, What,
0: what right. is that? Right. Yeah. 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 No, that's not so much elevating us as it is demeaning right. to God. Well. Yeah. Which that was the sin at the beginning. Right. That's exactly what right. Satan used to tempt Adam and Eve. You will be like God. Part of the fallacy is that they were like God, made in his image. Right. Part of the fallacy is that they uh, were... Well, there was
1: truth in what the, the tempter said in the garden.
0: In, in some yeah, yeah. There's some sense, yeah. Uh, it. But what... But it wasn't a good thing. What right. they believed that they could do is actually obtain a certain level of autonomy. Right. Um, and... Um, the Lord. And that is
1: the story of man, whether, it you're is. At, whether you're at the Tower of Babel or you're in the garden. Every it, sin it, it, we commit. It's a, and it's an autonomy yep. thing. Yes,
0: it is. And uh, so let us draw a lot of encouragement from that, that the Lord uh, takes pleasure in our prayers. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, I, I do want to hear from you guys. I, I mentioned Daniel as being uh, one of my favorite. Uh, guys of prayer in, in the scriptures. We're going to get to Christ and mm-hmm. we're going to leave him for the end and, and just spend a lot of time on him and the model prayer and drawing some implications out of it. Uh, but aside from Daniel and Christ, uh, do you guys have anybody uh, in, in the scriptures that really stand out to you? Go ahead, uh,
2: Actually, I like Nehemiah in the, yeah, in yeah. the first chapter of Nehemiah. Yeah. He, has, he has what I like to call an arrow prayer. You know, he's getting, mm-hmm. he, he begin, it begins with a A broad prayer where he's repenting for the sins of his people. But Mm -hmm. then, as he's getting ready to go before the king and ask the king's permission for him to return to the land of his fathers, he sort of shoots an arrow. An arrow prayer I call is very specific. Mm -hmm. It's on target. You've got one topic that you're uh, looking for, and he's asking for God to bless this time that he's going with the king to guide the Mm -hmm. king and to for the king to show him his favor. And then, of course, he goes in there and he gets more than he could have ever bargained for. Right. And it's a, a, it's a great uh, tribute to this man of God. Oh, and, of course, great. we see that throughout the book you know, yeah, with, yeah. with Nehemiah. But I like that. The, that's the way the book opens up with that in chapter mm. 1. So I really like that.
0: Yeah. And uh, not to go off topic, but uh, that does remind us that we need to be praying for our leaders. right? Those that especially we disagree with and right. feel that they're in sin and error. Uh, we ought not to be ill wishers, but to, uh, as Paul told us to, and, and I believe also in one of the epistles of Peter, that we need to be in prayer for our our right. leaders and authorities that are that God has placed over us.
1: You know, the thing about that prayer with Nehemiah was it would be very easy because he was he he had no vested interest personally. Other than this was his homeland. Mm-hmm. He was in the he was in the palace, right? Yeah. You know, he he, uh, he could have sat had a government much. job. He had mm-hmm. you know he had a cushy exactly. life, but his heart broke when he heard the report. And mm-hmm. our heart should break um, when we hear the report of what's happening in our nation and in mm-hmm. our world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but like that, uh, I, I, I think that the intercessory prayer ministry of Moses. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's mind blowing mm-hmm. uh, when I think about all, as we've just recently, in the last few years as a church, you know, walked through Exodus and Numbers. We found a man who was repeatedly on his face before God. Mm-hmm. And God tested him so many times by saying, Moses, uh, step aside and I'll destroy these people and I'll make a great nation of you. Be You'll
0: be the next patriarch. You'll
1: be the next. You'll be the fountainhead. And, uh, and what a temptation, Yeah, but man, how he loved, first of all, he loved the name of the Lord, Amen. Amen. you know, um, I, I, I want to say he, he loved those people so much and he did love those Amen. people, but he loved the honor of God even more. Mm-hmm. Exactly. He said, Lord, yeah. if you do this, your name is going right. to be reproached among the nations. <laughs> right. And so how, how awesome someone who, who, who loved the glory of God so mm-hmm. much that he would turn down being the fountainhead right. of, a, of a great Amen. mighty nation Amen. and mm. would stay on his face for for weeks and days at a time. Mm-hmm. You read that sometimes where he's, you know, he's on his face before God and uh, he, he's not having meals. I mean, he, he's not, mm. he's right. broken yeah. over these rebellious people who are a thorn in mm-hmm. his side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the lord's offered to get rid of a headache for you you're right. saying, no Lord, no, I, no yes yeah. absolutely yeah. because in doing so it would damage the damage lord's would. Lord. Bless yes, yeah. so, the
0: egyptians here wow isn't that something yeah, whew, yeah it if is. we if
1: we would pray and think like that mm-hmm. not what is most convenient for me not mm-hmm. what might you know make me a um, a more prominent preacher or pastor but what brings more glory to god right
0: amen yeah. Check your motives yeah. when you're praying. Oh, man, yeah. yeah.
2: Well, That's a man that was in communion with God. That's right. You know, that's the reality. Well, know, like none other. I mean, God right. talked to him right. face, face to
0: face. Exactly. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Yes, it is. Amen. Now, let's get to Christ um, because uh, I really appreciate how you brought out that all these uh, these high points in Jesus' ministry, uh, when he's about to do something very significant, he takes the time to pray. Right. Whenever he's ministering for a long period of time, Um, In his humanity, it was taxing. He needed to carve out alone time with his father in prayer. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I just finished uh, teaching through Matthew 27. We were just in the Garden of Gethsemane. And uh, he brought Peter, James, and John into the garden with him and told them to stay awake. Mm -hmm. uh, Because your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. Pray lest you fall into temptation. And three times they, they fell asleep. And Jesus was, I'm sure, just as tired, if not more than they. Yet he saw the necessity of of having that time carved out, protected with he and the Father. And he saw the necessity for his disciples. They needed that as well. Uh, and, and how far often we find ourselves giving in to, you know, oh, I'm just too tired. You know, I'll... I'll pray when I wake up, um, and and not prioritizing um, our prayer life. But Jesus, as our perfect model, um, uh, several times uh, models that for us. And then when the disciples ask him, because he's such a man of prayer, that they see one that they need to be following in their prayer life. Teach us, Lord, how to pray. Uh, that that's so that's so telling in and of itself that they. Ask, ask the Lord to teach them how to pray. And then he goes and explains, um, I don't know if you call it steps or parts uh, of prayer, things that need to be in our prayer life at least. That That's as, at least as much as what we can say. And so I just want to walk through some of these and just kind of roundtable any kind of application uh, from these points that comes to your mind uh, for our listeners. So he says this in in response to his disciples, therefore, you should pray like this, our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. He starts with adoration, Amen. right, right. Mm-hmm. you know
1: that, I know you're, you're thinking about that acronym acts mm. uh, you know you got yep. adoration, confession, thanksgiving, thanksgiving. and supplication right. and, and I think that's, um, that's a, helpful that's a helpful yep. reminder. If, if the only thing of that acronym that we can remember is that it starts with adoration, Amen. it's Amen. a game changer to right. our prayers. Yeah. Because my flesh would rather go directly to my mm-hmm. supplication. Right. That's right,
0: that's right. Skip all the others. Skip all yeah. the others. Yep. God, I, I need this. Yes, right. Um, uh, and we end up treating God as our butler, yeah. right. our spare tire. Right. Right. But if you start with adoration, right. I feel like the, the rest of it falls, falls in place right. because then. And in contrast to to our holy god that we 're exalting i 'm reminded of my sinfulness, and so i 'll be driven to confession um, and Then I look at all the blessings that are around me. the Holy God of heaven has blessed me with with health, with life, breath in my lungs, food in my belly, relationships man, thank you, Father, for all of these blessings that you 've given me and uh, then obviously we uh, we lift up to the Lord um, uh, th- those requests that, w- that we have. Yeah, but when you start with
1: adoration, then, then by the time you get to the request, hmm. those things that were so overwhelming hmm. and seem so large, Amen. if you spend some time magnifying and viewing the greatness and the glory of God, then those things do not... Appear nearly as big as they did, when, but right. if you start with them, mm-hmm. you know you'll probably never get to glory. the adoration and the and the glory. Right. Yeah. Right. And plus, those supplications can change when you're focusing yeah, on right. on the Lord. Yeah. All of a sudden,
2: the thing that you thought was so important. Mm-hmm. As you, you begin may not to focus even on him, it. you may say, oh, mm-hmm. I don't even need to bring that up. Yeah. Yeah. I've already answered that. Yeah. I don't need that. <laughs> yeah. you know? Or right. you've, uh, you've already given it to me. Sometimes yeah, yeah. you're praying for something the Lord's already given you. So.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that passage where David, he, he, just said he, he didn't come to ask for anything. He just come to set before the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and how wonderful those times are. Amen. We're not driven there by overwhelming need. We're just there to commune with him and to thank him mm-hmm. for all that he has provided. Yeah.
0: Amen. Praise the Lord. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Amen. That and is. That, and that takes away the blank check that some people think prayer is. Mm-hmm. You know, they think uh, they take a passage here and there, and uh, and think that God has just written us a blank. He signed a blank check, and we fill in it. You know, we desire the things that God desires. Right. We need you know, to bring says, our will in alignment when it, with When his. it says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart, <laughs> yeah. the first part is what shapes the second part. Right. Yes,
0: exactly. The, yes.
2: It needs yeah. to be a heart that's delighting that's itself in the, the Lord. Yeah, yeah. And that changes your
1: desires. Yeah. And the answer can
2: be No. That's the Mm -hmm. thing, people, this whole thing of name it and claiming it, well, you can name and claim all you want, but I'm not going to be able to claim something that That God is saying no to because his will is going to be done.
0: Amen. Absolutely. Amen. I uh, uh, preached out of 2 Chronicles 7 uh, on prayer. Uh, Just looking first at Solomon's prayer, and I noticed that um, just a a couple things from that text in the surrounding passage um, that he was praying in accordance with what we see um, God saying at the end of Deuteronomy. And, and so I made the, the argument that he's praying according to the revealed will of God. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is what Jesus is teaching us to do. And in fact, I just kind of looked at the Greek and I, I tallied up uh, the, the words. Uh, there's only one line, uh, which is going to be next, that I really feel like is praying uh, according to the hidden will of God, you know, like our supplication, something that God might answer, might not. Um, the rest of it. We know God is going to do he has told us he's going to do right. and it's seven to one the ratio uh, of words that in, in Jesus's prayer that are according to the revealed will of God that Jesus knows God is going to do and then the the one being uh, What God may or may not answer and some people think well Why would I pray if God has told me he's going to do it at that reveals a misunderstanding? Uh, of prayer that they think that and prayer obedience. and right. obedience, that they think prayer is convincing God, one, informing him and then convincing him that right. he needs to do something right. uh, that he may or may not do. It, the Lord is going to have his will done on the earth. And when we understand that right out of the gate, that, that safeguards us right. from right. trying to manipulate or persuade uh, our holy God.
1: You know, one thing that, that I, as I listen to people pray, Ken, our brother Ken Taggart, when you listen to Ken pray, mm. there's a lot of scripture. Yeah, amen. And uh, I think it's something that most Christians have not incorporated into their... They have a divide between my Mm. my Bible reading Mm -hmm. and my prayer time. Mm. But we can never go wrong when we're praying Scripture back to God. That's right. (laughs) He always knows the will of the Father. We pray Scripture through the Spirit, and you can't go wrong. Mm. And and so I think that if, if, as Christians, we would spend more time reading those great prayers prayers Paul prayed for the church and incorporate some of that Mm -hmm. into our praying it would again uh, you know we we always are looking for the little minute details to be clarified for us if we would just spend some time with the the clear Mm -hmm. revealed word of God and will of God uh, the the other things will take care of themselves that's right and that's part of the
2: communion because you're communing with the word that he's given you Mm -hmm. the scriptures I think a lot of times the prayers don't have Scripture in it because people aren't reading the Scripture. That's right. you know, Ken Taggart, we know he's a man who loves right. the Bible, so it's what, right. what he's spending his time in and who he's well, spending his time with comes you. out when he mm-hmm.
0: prays. Right. Yeah. yeah, And the yeah. people who feel like, ah, oh, my prayer is just a monologue. Well, when you're praying Scripture, it is dialogical. right? Because you're reading from God, you're praying to Him. Right. Um, it, it's just a whole other dynamic. And uh, to give another plug for Dr. Whitney here, you know, some, some of the inspiration... Of this series even he has a a short little book uh, praying the Bible yeah excellent little book uh, teach you how to do uh, these things give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debtors this is the what we think of typically as supplication um, asking the Lord to provide for a particular need uh, something that the Lord may or may not do in the manner in which we had expected Um, uh, as I mentioned the hidden will of God yeah. and, and and the confession of sin. Yep. For, for, you yep. Know, yep. Forgive and us forgive us our debts as we as we, forgive. as we have forgiven. <laughs> that's the tricky part. That's the tricky.
1: That's the part. If I was editing it myself <laughs> in the flesh, I would have left out. And God right. doesn't give me that option. Right.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jesus goes on to say, if you forgive others their offenses, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. Yeah. But if you don't forgive others, your Father will not forgive wow. your offenses. Yeah. That is a sobering uh, is. teaching from Christ. Absolutely. Yeah. And then this final phrase here: "And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us right. from the evil one." Right. Yeah. We. Uh,
1: yeah, I thought Duddle did a great job in the sermon uh, talking about that. Amen. Thing.
0: Yeah. Amen. And uh, kind of going back to what I was talking about, we we need to uh, not underestimate the power of sin, right. or overestimate our own strength in the flesh, as Christ was reminding his disciples. Uh, in Gethsemane. You need to bathe yourself in prayer uh, for the spirit might be willing, but the flesh is very much weak. So anything um, else that you guys had thought about uh, on the subject of prayer?
1: I'd like to ask you, you know, you you know how much I love your dad, right? I mean, I I just admire him so much and love spending time with him. And and in your home as a preacher's kid growing up, is is there a memory that you have or something that sticks out about your family prayer time or prayers you've heard your dad pray or an instance where without question, you know, that, you know, God had, had answered prayer in a, in a mighty way.
2: There's a lot of them, you know, yeah. cause our, our family, we spent a lot of time together. We spent a lot of time in the car together and we would pray, you know, just often we would be going to a, to a church service. Mm-hmm. We had a church out in the country and it was like a 45 minute drive. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we'd be singing together and praying together on the way to church. Mm-hmm. But as far as in our house, it's interesting. My mother is really a woman of prayer, Mm -hmm. and uh, she would not let any of us go to sleep, even now when I go home. And I'm 62 years old. When I go home, if I'm getting ready to go to bed, she'll come in and pray with me uh, before the night is over. And they met when your dad had gone to Italy in seminary, and and she was Waldensian. She was Waldensian. Yeah, Yeah, she was from a very godly family. Her father was a Waldensian pastor. And uh, so I remember that very well. I also remember we had a men's prayer meeting that used to meet on well, this was when I was just a little kid, like 11, 12, 13 years old. And my dad and I, we would drive and it was out in the country. It was about a 30 mile drive. And we would meet at a retired uh, lieutenant colonel's house there. And he had a house, a little farm out in the countryside. And just a small group of men, we'd meet there on a Tuesday night. And, of course, that was a school night. So my dad, you know, we'd, I'd have, we'd have our dinner, and then we'd, we'd drive together, just the two of us up there, and then we'd drive back. And so we'd spend over an hour in the car together, and then we'd spend probably, uh, mm, probably two hours there praying with these mm. other men. And they were godly men, and it was a just a tremendous, tremendous blessing. So, no, I was I was blessed with that, mm. and uh, and we still uh, do that today when we get together for family vacations. A lot of times we'll spend time in prayer, and usually when we talk on the phone, mm. uh, we close awesome. the phone conversation uh, in prayer mm. with one of my parents uh, praying. Praise hey, the
1: Lord! Yeah. That's, that's, that's such a great that's idea. That's such a blessing of heritage to grow up in a home where prayer has been so foundational to everything because that equips you for all of life's difficulties. Mm-hmm. You know that you're never without that avenue and that communion. Right, uh, it's an incredible thing. You know, I, I, in my personal journey, there's been a few occasions where um, God has demonstrated himself mighty through prayer. Mm. And, um, and a couple of them was not even, it was not a prayer where you could even voice it. I remember I had, a, I had a, a lady who was dying with uh, Lou Gehrig's disease. And she had gotten to the point where she couldn't talk anymore. She was in those final stages. And Janie and I were visiting. And, and as, as I left, she gave me a piece of paper folded up in my, you know. And so we're driving down the road, and I remembered that. And I, so I got it out open. It said, said, pray for me. I'm not, I'm not saved. This was oh, a lady we thought wow. was a believer. And so I went back with her, and, and tears were just pouring. And she thought that because she could no longer vocalize a prayer, that it was too late for her to be mm, able to right. pray to receive Christ. And, um, and so I remember it was the anniversary this Sunday when Janie had colon surgery, a surgery that, that ended up going 12 and a half hours. She lost 10 and a half units of blood. And the surgeon he was calling out every 30 minutes, talking to me in the waiting room. And the last time he called, I knew what he was preparing me for, that she wasn't going to make it. And um, and by that time, you know how word gets out, the room was full of pastor friends. My director of missions had come. And and so we found a little conference room, and those guys took me in there, um, laid hands on me. I could not have prayed a word. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right? There's no way. I, I couldn't have verbalized the prayer. Um, but those guys, man, they prayed, and I was praying, but it wasn't verbal. Mm-hmm. It was from my heart, mm-hmm. my spirit. Um, and we came back out, and five minutes' time, the, the surgeon called back out and said, you know, we've got the bleeding stopped, and we're going to close. He'll be out to talk with you, you know, in about an hour or so. But, um, but to know that, that prayer, it's not about the words we say. It's about a heart Mm -hmm. that desires to communicate with God and commune with him. And um, and how wonderful to know that, that God's not up there. Well, that was sloppy. This, you know, you didn't, you weren't very, you weren't very ornate today yeah. with that prayer. Right. He's not, you know, when our kids come to us, we're not grammar checking them. Right, <laughs> we're listening to their heart, yeah. and that's mm-hmm. what God does, and that's also. Awesome.
0: And He's put His Spirit within oh, us, that does. when we don't know what to say, yeah, praise the Lord. Spirit, yeah. Is, the Spirit is crying out Absolutely. to God on our behalf. Absolutely, Amen. Um, pray without ceasing. This is something we need to strive to do. This is a spiritual discipline. Remember, right. we are talking about the spiritual disciplines of the Christian life, that we are to discipline ourselves for godliness. And this, uh, this aspect of our life with Christ, prayer, is absolutely essential is. for life and godliness. And praise yeah. the Lord that we have. And thank
1: you so much. The, Amen. For the word, it was an excellent I, I, Thank you I, I, hope, I hope folks
0: will go on the yeah. web and, and listen to it. Yeah, li- listen to the sermon. It's a great sermon. I uh, hope you've been encouraged by uh, this dialogue and uh, some of the uh, points that we brought out. Ho- hope it can be a blessing to you. Um, these d- spiritual disciplines, we ought not to see them as separate. Uh, mm-hmm. Prayer will right. definitely be... Uh, Implied at the very least in the rest of the spiritual disciplines uh, in the weeks to come. So, worship, worship worship. coming up, coming up next. All right. So, Lord willing, worship our brother Donny Self. That will be excellent. So, make sure to tune in next week for for episode episode three.